Hello and welcome to season two of Let's Be Friends with Tori Segner. I'm your host, Tori, and I'm so excited to be diving into the Enneagram this season. In each episode, I'll interview a friend and ask them all sorts of questions about their Enneagram type and how it impacts their relationships. You'll hear lots of stories and receive great advice. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the very first of my Enneagram series episodes. Today, I have one of my longest friends. Well, she's actually kind of short, but longest time friends, Michaela. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Yes, Michaela is my Enneagram one friend and she's very one. Um, I'm really excited to talk to her about all things Enneagram One today. And the way this is going to kind of go is I'll first explain what the Enneagram One is, what that personality type can look like. Then I'm going to go into a story about the time I knew that Michaela was an Enneagram One, and then we'll get into a series of questions. But first you should know that Michaela and I met each other when we were like 14 years old freshman going into freshman year of high school yeah um so we've known each other for a long time very very long time she did not like me at first because I was a little overwhelming to her (laughs) we met at like a a church camp thing in the summer it was like a five-day long thing and I was convinced that's where I made all my best friends um I don't think Michaela shared that sentiment but we did become good enough friends because she asked me to be her college roommate later when we both were going to Texas A&M. And then we were roommates all four years of college, had a great grand old time, and we have experienced the wide variety of emotions that you experience in college together. Definitely. I would say we have seen the ugliest sides of each other and like the most honorable, beautiful sides of each other. So, well, excuse us if we go down memory lane a couple times this uh, episode, but- Oh, it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> well, perfect. So as I mentioned, Michaela is an Enneagram one, and I am just gonna go ahead and briefly run over what the Enneagram one is. And I'm just getting this information from the Enneagram Institute's website. So the number one or the type one is known as the reformer and they're principled, purposeful, self-controlled and perfectionistic. So they are conscientious and ethical with a strong sense of right and wrong. They're teachers, crusaders and advocates for change, always striving to improve things, but afraid of making a mistake. They are organized and orderly and fastidious, and they try to maintain high standards, but can slip into being critical and perfectionistic. They can have problems with resentment and impatience, but at their best, they are wise, discerning, realistic, and noble. So the basic desire of the one is to be good, to have integrity, and to be balanced. And their basic fear is of being corrupt or evil or defective. So That's kind of an overview of who we're working with here today. (laughs) Um, So as that's a lot to deal with, huh? (laughs) Yes. 
So as that website kind of mentioned, type ones are kind of known, I feel like stereotyped a little bit for being like the perfectionists of the Enneagram, but you guys are obviously so much more than that. Um, there's just a real genuine desire to be not necessarily like the best you can be, but like do the best job that you can do mm-hmm. like at pretty much everything. Would you agree? Yeah. Definitely the desire to do everything very well and with excellence every single time. It's not so much perfect in everyone's eyes, but perfect in our eyes. Right. And sometimes y'all can tend to cast that expectation onto others as well, which is where ones can be known for being a little bit more like rigid or having high expectations of other people, which I think having high expectations of other people is actually really good quality because it like Mm -hmm. invites high quality people into your life. Mm -hmm. Um, but ones are also known for being stubborn (laughs) and, um, wanting things. My husband, who doesn't want him, he doesn't need to be affirmed in that. (laughs) He doesn't need to be told that he's right, that I'm stubborn. We'll make sure that Ben doesn't listen to this. Right. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and share a little story about the moment that I knew Michaela. I'm interested to hear this. And Enneagram one. So mind you, back in the day when we were in college, the Enneagram wasn't like a thing. So it's not like we went around talking or thinking about each other's Enneagram types. But as I reflect on many stories, I can recall one that stands out to me as the most indicative of your oneness. (laughs) And it still scares me a little bit to this day. So, you. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Um, Michaela can be a little frightening when she wants things to go her way. I think um, I'm. I think I'm putting together what you're about to talk about. <laughs> can you wait? I want to know. Can you guess? This is about the TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so here we go. In Michaela and I's relationship, there is this infamous battle of where is the TV stand going to go in our house um so I'm gonna lose it no reason I'm so sorry uh I don't think anyone's gonna think this is as funny as me I I've like tried thinking about how to share this in a way that's funny but it's it's really definite you had to be there and know the people to understand the level of hilarious this is yeah okay so we move into this new house our junior year of college and I think the tv stand should go in the corner so that everyone can see it from anywhere in the room and Michaela just thinks that it should be flat against a wall like she can't put it in her mind that like it can be like not catty corner what's the word I'm looking for that it can be out of line with the wall like it had to have a home and the wall was like what would ground it it would be in line like it'd be parallel (laughs) but in my world it's okay if it it created a triangle with the corner I'm trying to give everybody a little visual here so it was uh It was backed up to the corner, but not backed up flat against the wall. And Michaela could not, in her soul, get behind this idea. 
even though if it was flat against the wall, you pretty much couldn't watch TV from the entire couch. You would have had your to, like, neck would have to strain so bad. It really there was. were like there was like one seat facing the wall and three seats that would well more like five chairs that would have been good for the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, what I think I'm hearing is that you ended up thinking that I was right about this. I would say in hindsight, I agree that the placement was best for everyone in the house, but myself, like I'm so much more about like orderliness and like, I'm more concerned with like design being pretty instead of functional. Mm, I see. I see. Ben and I still get in this argument all the time about what's functional and what's pretty. (laughs) I mean, it's a fair argument. Those are two very different values. And in my world, as a college student, I valued many people being able to watch the TV. (laughs) But the way that whole argument was even settled was like Michaela left, not like out of anger, (laughs) but like you, (laughs) you left the house to probably, I don't know, go to school or something. And I just pushed it back into the corner where I wanted it and you came home and I was so scared of you, but I think you just kind of stared at me for a little while and like, didn't say anything and just kind of walked away. And I was like standing my ground. There was just a silent agreement like that, yeah. that this is how it's going to be. Yeah. I um, think we were like professionals at passive aggressiveness as well. Mm-hmm. I think we had gotten to the point where we were like, you know, like you live with somebody for three years and you're like at that level of like almost being a sibling and you're just like, we just understand each other. It yeah. just doesn't even have to be said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm annoyed. It doesn't have to be addressed again. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, another little thing, this, there's not really a story with this one, but like in our freshman dorm room, I, I really care about the planet. Um, I knew this was going to come up. (laughs) And I love to recycle. I feel it in my bones that that is my right and duty as a human being is to recycle. And so they're just turned this, or (laughs) sorry, it's not. Not, it didn't turn. It didn't just appear. (laughs) It deliberately happened. Uh, so the, the thing was the recycling bin was literally like steps outside of our dorm room. It was not far, but I never actually took the recycling out of our room. I just let it sit in our room and it piled and piled and piled, like taller than me type of a pile. Um, and I remember not too long ago when I was at my, my job, I was like getting my coworkers to take the Enneagram test and stuff. And they were reading about the type one description. We're like, oh, you're organized. Like you have high expectations. Like you're a one. And I was like, no, I'm not. And so I texted Michaela knowing she's my one friend. And I was like, they think I'm a one. How do I like tell them that I'm not? And she was like, did you tell them about the recycling pile in our dorm yes. room? <laughs> well, <sighs> and for me, I mean, it's not like it was people understand it wasn't weekly. This was the whole year. <laughs> There was like one large cardboard box on the bottom grounding everything. And it was like the leaning tower of recycling. It was, it was monstrous by the time we moved out and we, was, we took it yeah. out the day we moved out. 
I mean, I do think we emptied it like a couple times, but you know, boxes be boxes. They're so big. <laughs> boxes <But>. be boxes. <laughs> okay. I hope we can find a picture of that. Um, that would be awesome. But so we were the best of roommates, but we were also uh, the most dysfunctional of roommates. So lots of, lots of fun uh, memories that we'll, that we'll get into, but, but yeah, a couple of things that reminded me of, of your oneness and really the recycling heap was more so to remind everyone that like, I'm not a one, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was funny. That was the indicator. Yes. Um, okay. So first question, Michaela. Tell me about what it's like being a one and how that shapes what kind of friend that you are. Yeah, I think that the definition you read from the Enneagram Institute like hits it right on the head. Um, like those three P's, principled, purposeful, perfectionist is exactly what I am. So um, when you're talking about principled, it's the fact that all ones, including myself, believe there's a right and a wrong. And this can be moral. This can be like a moral decision or it's just how we like to do things. So it's not necessarily that, oh, you know, globally, this is the right and the wrong. But to us, this is the right and this is the wrong. You know, to me, the recycling pile was wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I can't say also... the recycling pile was right. <laughs> Yeah, can we use it? It was right for the planet. Um, there, there we go. <laughs> there we go. See, there we go. We're on the same page. Yeah. Um, we're also very purposeful. So I, I have to have a reason behind every single one of my actions. Um, for example, like I'm a teacher. And so I believe that everything that I do every day, whether it be, you know, playing with a child or doing paperwork or meeting with a parent, it has impact. So for me, um, and for lots of ones, the mission is so much more important than the task. So that's a driving force in us is, is that mm -hmm. purpose. And then we're perfectionists. Like I said earlier, we want to do everything extremely well to the best of our abilities. And if we can't do it well, a lot of times, if I can't do something the best that I can, if I don't have the time to devote to it. Um, or the, you know, just the mental energy or the physical energy to do it well, I'm just, it's not going to happen because mm -hmm. it's not worth doing if I can't do it well. Yeah. I, I feel like that kind of speaks to this part of you that's either like all in or not at all. Like oh, yeah. Michaela's room in college was either like the place where all of the cups were hiding mm -hmm. and like the curtains were drawn. It was dark in there. Like it was a total disaster. My hobbit hole. Or it was like spotless. Everything's in its place. Like every candle is lit. Yes. Um, and I feel like I could speak to that for a few different areas of your life. Um, whether it be like meal planning or whatever, it's yeah. like, you're all in, you're so like, invested and it brings you so much contentment and peace when you like have all of that organization in place but I've noticed that without it you're just kind of like Whatever. Yeah. it's like very clearly you can tell what mental space I'm in like is she all in today or is she all out like is she on the couch watching Gilmore Girls for six hours or is she studying for six hours like where's yes. our how are we feeling today? 
<laughs> yes, exactly. So how do you think that kind of impacts who you are as a friend? Oh, I think, I think it means that like, because I'm purposeful, I'm really thoughtful. So yes. if I have initiated, you know, contact with you or want to hang out, or if I've gone out of my way to like bring you a sweet gift or a treat that it was extremely thought out. Um, and that I really like to have those opportunities to like give advice and like be really involved in people's lives because I, I have that, you know, driving like mission. Like I want the world to be better. So like, if you need mm -hmm. me, I want to be there for you. Mm -hmm. But my problem that I run into a lot is that like new friendships, like I just moved. And so I'm making a lot of new friendships. And while I want to initiate and be thoughtful, I am really hypercritical of my actions with new friends because I'm nervous to either come off like, oh, is she weird? Because she's like, hey, you want to hang out with me and do this like really specific thing? Or <laughs> if I thought of somebody and like brought them coffee at work, I don't want them to be like, I don't really know that girl. That's kind of weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I, I literally think of ways that people could think that was like not a good thing to do. I don't, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people do that like to an extent, of mm. course, but um, like, I think we all can tend to doubt how much our initiations are going to be appreciated or reciprocated or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say for the most part that people really appreciate being reached out to. So yeah. it can, but you have that voice, like making you question all the yeah. time. So that makes it harder for you to initiate. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I have like a voice always like berating me about every single thing that I do and so yeah. that is a hard voice to shut out especially when you're trying to get somebody to know somebody new mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense and that kind of speaks to my next question of like what some unique challenges would be that you face uh in maintaining relationships yeah. as a one is I think if initiation is hard then mm -hmm. that's a huge part of maintaining relationships Definitely. I think initiation hard for me. I think also, I think that like, I've talked about this whole mission, like that driving force, like I love working with people, but I can tend to be not very sympathetic. So I can come off as like kind of cold because I'm focused more on like the goal than the people. Like mm -hmm. I love my job, but sometimes I'm like, so focused on this one task that I want to finish or this goal that I want somebody to achieve or that kind of thing that I forget about like their unique needs and like dialing into those specific needs because I'm so dutiful to like this cause mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah I'm curious like what does that cause feel like to you to me like okay so specifically being in education, I think any person in education can speak to like the pressure around, um, you know, having your students be successful or, you know, having everything posted in your classroom that you're supposed to have or mm -hmm. all of the outside noise that comes with being in like a public school setting specifically. And so whenever I have like an expectation from leadership that I know is an expectation and I want to do that well um, because I've been asked to do it. And I'm like really responsible and I want to be perfect and do it well. Mm -hmm. I forget about like what my kids need. I forget like 
this child came in today and like they just need to be hugged and loved on and today that's enough and sometimes I have a hard time like pulling back and like remembering that that is enough because that's exactly what they need today yeah definitely so do you feel like you have a mission in like every sphere of your life so you that that's your job is Mm -hmm. your, your workplace do you feel like you also have a mission like in I'm sure you have one like within your marriage or within just other friendships or family or things like that. Do you feel like you have different missions kind of throughout? I think so. I think it's different with like every person in every setting. And I think it also has to do with like maybe my stress level that week. Like, do I have time to extend myself to specifically dial into this person's needs or am I too concerned with like my agenda like Mm -hmm. my to-do list like I'm very big to-do lister I have like 4,000 journals Um, I'm like moving into the whole Google like docs situation because then I have my to-do list forever I need it like whenever I want it I can just like pull up my phone or like my computer whatever (laughs) but I'm a very very big into like listing and if I'm like on it's not, it doesn't like, sometimes it doesn't even have to have like more meaning to it. Like sometimes my mission is just like accomplishing that list. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't put other people's needs above getting this thing done. Got it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yes. I remember your list. It was literally like a legal pad that (laughs) I guess maybe that's, maybe that's Christians. Christians is a literal yellow legal pad, but yours was, is it was a pen and paper list. And I remember one time it specifically had, um, post photos to Facebook on it. (laughs) Yeah. Like if I want to do something, I write it down Yeah, and then I get to check it off. Like, oh yes, I get to check it off where I get to like (laughs) cross it out with like a big black marker that is done. Like I Uh have been, I think it goes back to like the need to feel productive Mm -hmm. and like, not necessarily that posting a picture to Facebook is like important to the whole world and it's going to make the world better. But for me, it's like, even if I had a really bad day, if I can like cross something off my to-do list, even that simple that I wanted to get done, Mm -hmm. I feel like I was productive and I was successful um, that day. Now that makes sense that your, your mission can change on a daily basis because if Mm -hmm. you decide it seems like it all kind of depends on what you decided is that day um if you decide I have to get everything on this list done because this is what's stressful to me um this is what feels important to me to do then then the list is the priority and maybe Mm -hmm. other people's feelings take a back seat but I can also imagine that there are times when the priority or your mission is I want to make sure that Ben feels really loved today or whatever. And then nothing else is going to get in your way of that. So it's like, whatever you're putting your energy into and whatever your priority is, is going to get done. And I think that's Mm. a really, really cool and powerful thing because I don't have that quality. Like, I feel like I can try to set my mind to one thing for the day or the week or whatever, but sticking to it is really hard because I just get distracted by everything. Mm-hmm. And then I forget about what's most important. Prioritizing is hard for me, but it sounds yeah. like prioritizing is like just a very innate, natural part of someone who's a type one. 
Definitely. Like I'm very goal oriented. So I know what my goal is. I like how you pulled in that personal element too, because I don't want it to sound like all ones are very like business-like. They're not, you know, they're only focused on what they need to get done because it is true that like on Saturdays, that's like my day of nothing but family time, friend time, me Mm -hmm. time. And so, like you said, like, if that's the goal that day, I'm going to do that really well. I'm mm-hmm. going to relax really. I'm going to do it really good. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, I'm going to love my husband really well. I'm going to do those things. I'm going to, um, you know, I set that time aside to specifically focus in on people. And I think that that's the thing that ones need to remember is that you need to have those days where you put that list away and your mission is people. Because sometimes that can get lost in the busyness of life. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. And like I said, I think that's such a cool quality to even be able to have that kind of focus um, as someone who struggles with focus. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really cool. And there's a lot of power in that because if you get to choose what your priority is, then you can be a pretty significant force in whatever part of your life that is, Mm -hmm. you know? That's really cool. Um, so what are some things that your friends can do for you, uh, that make you feel the most loved as an, as a type one, or maybe just things that they do that make you feel really cared about and then vice versa. What are the things that you do for your friends as a one that you try to do to make them feel really loved or cared about? Yeah, absolutely. So we already kind of touched on this, but initiating time with us is like, probably the best thing to do um like I said we have a hard time putting away the noise of that voice in our head that's telling us you need to be productive you need to finish the goal the task the mission and Mm -hmm. so we need somebody to tell us to get out or get away and let our hair down like we need somebody to tell us it's okay to let go and relax and that the world like won't come crashing down because we're not (laughs) attending to the things that we're supposed to be doing at the time. So like just initiating fun things to do. Um, Like one time you like Elena, you know, Elena, and she is like a big concert goer, Mm -hmm. um, which for me as an introvert is like (laughs) high stress. Right. Um, But she was like, yeah, let's like go to the rodeo on a like a a weeknight and let's stay at this stranger's house who you don't know and let's go and I was like okay well I can think of all the reasons not to go like yeah um lots of people staying in a stranger's house it's loud there I have homework to do it's a weeknight like I have to go to class tomorrow like I could think of a million reasons not to be there but people like that that forced me out of my comfort zone or out of my like you know, just like hyper-focused self. Mm-hmm. Those are the, those are the experiences that like build a friendship, right? Mm-hmm. Driving down late, going to something super fun, waking up early and like you're driving back, like those shared experiences are what build a friendship. And so when you're not feeling free enough to let go and enjoy those things, that's when you really miss out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if we can have people who, I don't know, we need like those party people, we need those like really fun people who love 
who just love fun for the sake of fun because that yeah. feels purposeless to us yeah like Sorry, fun doesn't is, have a purpose <laughs> this is reminding me I don't think this really ties in very much at all but I can't stop thinking about the time where I uh, got a concussion and you were there to take care of me <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I really want to tell this story oh my gosh well and this is like how I show up for people <laughs> there we go it's the perfect it's little bridge. truly how I show up for people <laughs> yeah um so we'll we'll talk about this story and Michaela can use it as a really high quality example for this yes. uh, this podcast I think it's because you were saying you need party people you need fun you need fun right <laughs> fun so, can sometimes not go so well though so we were having fun we were at the byx island party thing that was something you didn't want to go to maybe that's yes. like my subconscious oh, yeah okay I definitely so okay did not want to go to that loud <laughs> lots of people chaos that was like so, stressful for me there we go so th- th- that's how it all ties in right so i dragged michaela to this island party thing um you know there's a concert going on all kinds of activities one activity that's going on is uh you can get in this sumo suit and battle with whoever and of course christian my then boyfriend now husband wanted to uh sumo wrestle me and these are like they're padded you know they're they're not like safe but they're they did have helmets Okay, so I'll just get into the story so christian and i are doing the sumo wrestling thing right and they do have helmets michaela's right are the helmets fitted appropriately to each individual who gets in them? No. no. <laughs> and what happened is I had my helmet on and Christian comes running at me. Like if you've ever seen that episode of The Office where Stanley is in the sumo suit mm-hmm. and he's running at, who is it, Jim? Um, and it's just the most terrifying thing. That is basically what I experienced. Christian was running at me and he hits me so hard that like I fly like feet leave the ground I I fly backwards and my helmet flies off my head in the process and so my head just slams I fall on my back and my head slams onto the ground and um, I end up with a very mild concussion but um, I really wanted to watch Penny and Sparrow they were there uh, as the as the musician for the concert and I was so sad to be leaving that concert but Michaela made sure I didn't stay I was like Penny and Sparrow I want to go see them Michaela made sure I got home yeah and that we watched Legally Blonde together yeah. and we had ice cream too yes we had ice remember cream that do you remember that moment because I, I do <laughs> I remember I got peanut M&Ms and uh just bluebell vanilla ice cream and I went straight to sleep which now as a nurse I know I shouldn't have done but you know it's okay but uh, (laughs) we've we've learned a lot since those days I hope yeah we really have I just remember the cop saying that when Christian hit me the force magnified (laughs) (laughs) he does not know his own strength that is for sure oh my gosh yeah he really doesn't um but anyway, so that's the time that my husband gave me a concussion and Michaela was there to 
absolutely saved the day. Well, I think that speaks to like how Enneagram ones are. Like we're reliable. Yes. We will show up when we say we will, or if like emergency happens, like if something, you know, a need strikes, we're there as fast as we can be. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to be there till the job is done or till you're safe or whatever it may be. Yeah. We're absolutely going to show up for people. Yeah. And you've done that a few different times and my friendship with you and I've seen you do it and other mutual friends of ours. And it's true. And as a Enneagram six, someone who's reliable is like everything to me. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I value a ton in our friendship. And I'm sure everybody who's friends with you values, but yeah, you were saying that that relates to how you show up for others. And mm-hmm. I think that's totally true. You're yeah. going to drive us home. You're going to make sure that we have everything that we need. You're going to leave the fun party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad not that you really, to leave the fun. Yeah. Not that you for really a bigger mission. wanted to be there, but yeah, your bigger mission was uh, seeing it through <laughs> that I get safety. home safe. <laughs> yes. yes. It definitely was. Yes. Um, would you add anything else with with that question about I think I think for sure added to that is that I'm going to show up but a lot of times that's going to also look like being a good listener um really taking the time to actively listen um and to like help somebody find a solution like Mm. I'm not there just to listen I think I have to help you with what's the action step right like what do we do now Mm-hmm. Um, but like I was saying earlier, I'm not super like, while I'll listen, I'm not super, I guess, compassionate or I, I sympathetic, maybe a better word. Like, I'm not going to cry with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel bad. Like, I'm so sorry that this is going on. Like, I'm not going to be somebody who's going to cry with you, but like, I'll be there. I'll listen and I'll help you find a solution. And then I'm also good. Like we've talked about not being good about initiating, but I think I am good with follow-up. Mm-hmm. So once there's that initial, initial connection, I think I'm better at the follow-up than I am with initiating because mm-hmm. I feel that responsibility to people. Right. That makes a ton and of so sense. That's a, that's a great thing in mm-hmm. a friendship is once I have that bond built, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be helpful. And I'm going to like follow up with you and know like, a week later, are you okay? Another week later, are you okay? Like it's gonna be written in my calendar, you know, check in on whoever. It's very yeah. true. I mean, the other week when we were texting, you said you were like, I, I asked you to pray for something and you were like, I'll pray about it in the morning. And I knew yeah. when you texted that, I was like, she definitely just added that to some morning prayer list that she yeah. has, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have that kind of structure in my life, but I feel like if I did, I probably would be more effective at following through or just being faithful to the people that I love. So I think that's amazing. If you're enjoying learning about the Enneagram and find yourself wanting to explore more resources, I've got your back. Through the link in my bio on Instagram at tori.letsbefriends, I've provided access to three great courses from Your Enneagram Coach, an online platform that will help you use the Enneagram to better yourself. The first course, Discovering You, is for those who want to learn more about the Enneagram in general and figure out your own Enneagram type. The second course, called Exploring You, is perfect if you already know your Enneagram type but are desiring a deeper dive that will help you grow and transform. 
finally, the last course, Become an Enneagram Coach, is exactly that, a course that will certify you to become an Enneagram Coach and guide others in their Enneagram growth journeys. As I mentioned, the links to each of these courses are in my bio at tori.letsbefriends on Instagram. Definitely check them out if you're wanting to use the Enneagram to further grow and develop yourself. Now let's get back into the episode. Um, so in our college house, we had me, a six, mm-hmm. we had our friend Heather, who's a two, and we had Kelly, who's a nine. So yes. you could say we kind of, we made our way around the, uh, the circle, the Enneagram circle. Definitely. Um, and I can definitely say that different sides or qualities come out of you depending on the type of, uh, the other Enneagram type of the person that you're with. Mm -hmm. How would you speak to that? Well, like, I think it's funny that you mentioned twos and sixes because most of my friends are twos, sixes, or sevens. Mm -hmm. I mean, and when I say most, I mean like 99% of my close people in my circle are twos, sixes, or sevens. That's interesting. So like Heather's a two. Um, she lived with us in college and Heather softens me so much. Like she shows me what I'm missing. She can point out like where I need to be more understanding, where she, where I need to slow down and see like her needs or my needs or you or Kelly's needs. She was so good about that. Mm-hmm. And then she can soften me in the fact that twos are so intentional and then they re- ask how you really are like how are you really and that's when like I break down and like let it all out uh-huh. and that's the same with my husband he's a two and so he totally like softens me and relaxes me and helps me get out of that like anxious mindset that I'm in Mm-hmm. Like what well, we have this thing that we do where I tell him what I say to him as I say, tell me something. And then he like looks at me, we, he looks at me in the eye and I tell him like what I need to like externalize, like what I need to get out of my head. So I'll mm-hmm. be like, okay, Ben, tell me something. And he'll look at me and I'll say, tell me that I can relax and enjoy our date night because it's Friday night. And it's time that we get to enjoy together and things that I need to take care of this weekend will be taken care of on Sunday. And Mm -hmm. he'll like rephrase that back to me. And then I can disconnect from that stress I'm feeling and like be in the moment. That is so sweet. Yes. That's our little thing that we do. Twos twos are really good about that kind of stuff because they do just want to be there for you like mm-hmm. truly emotionally. Yeah. Um, they want you to feel loved and to feel at peace and just better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can definitely see how a two would be able to kind of break through that like intensity or rigidity of the type one. Mm-hmm. That's a really special combo. I never really yeah. thought about that. Yeah. And then my easiest relationships are with sixes, which is so funny because you're a six. And my other Tori in my life, my sister, my sister's a six. I have two Tories (laughs) and two sixes. And those are two of the people I'm like really close to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's because like, we're just enough alike, but just enough different that we fill each other's gaps almost seemingly like seamlessly. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like Tori, my sister, she's a six and our strength lies in the fact that we're steadfast in friendship to one another. And so that loyalty and trust is what allows us to relax. And we both desperately need that, right? We both desperately need to relax and feel comfortable in a friendship. And because we're both people that value loyalty, Mm -hmm. um, like you said earlier, people showing up for you, you know, because we value that loyalty and we know we're going to be loyal to one another. We Mm -hmm. can both settle in easily to that friendship and have really quick trust. But yeah, with my sister, it's a little different too, because (laughs) something that we struggle with is that of course I'm super close to her and I'm hypercritical of myself. Right. So (laughs) whenever I am struggling and I need to like, let something out, usually like my stress or my anger or my frustration comes out on her because I'm closest to her and I'm most relaxed around her because I trust her. Mm -hmm. But in turn, sometimes letting those emotions out and being a little too transparent or just really taking it out on her will push those people away. Right. Right. Like my closest, most trusted friendships, but they're kind of hard to maintain because I can let go too much around them. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, I think with, with sixes and ones, there's definitely like a respect for each other in what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And cause you recognize that that relationship is important to both of you. Right. And like, yeah. that is, I think that means more to like a six and a one than it might yeah. to other types, mm-hmm. but yeah, at the same time, if you have that comfort level or that trust, then yeah, those are also going to be the people that you feel most comfortable. Like, I don't, the word that's coming to my mind is abusing and that's not the right word at all. But yeah, like, it's almost like, it's almost like whenever emotions are high, like, I feel like the lightning's going to strike on you. <laughs> like, you better watch out. Like if I'm on edge, like you better watch out because yes, and I always watched out. Person I unleash it on right because yeah. I'm so comfortable and I'm so like happy to like be able to actually get those thoughts out of my head. I let my mm-hmm. guard down, and then I but I blow up because I'm I've got all this like built up stress, and this is like the one person I feel comfortable releasing that to and trusting that information to or even trusting like I'm gonna be a really ugly mean person for a minute but like you're gonna be kind and accepting and loving to me um after the fact like me and my sister always joke because I'd come in her room and I'd like scream and you know get angry about something and I'd leave and slam the door and go to my room and five minutes I'd come back and I'd be like, can I borrow your brush? And she'd be like, yeah. And I'd go and sit on her bed and Tori would brush my hair. And she'd be like, so much really bothering you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we have, this is a very clear rhythm of like, Michaela freaks out. She comes back, Mika- Tori brushes my hair. And then we talk about the real problem. 
Yeah, no, that, that all makes perfect sense. It's just, yeah, you need someone to feel safe around so that you can like truly express what's going on inside, which is a lot of tension. It's a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. I feel like as a one trying to keep up with your own expectations of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then as, as you were mentioning, you know, Elena, I believe is a seven and I have my seven wing as well. So I can see, you know, I can think of many times in our relationships where, um, that, freedom to let go is definitely important as you were talking about in that story about her taking you to the rodeo and staying at a stranger's house and all that stuff seven definitely are like my party people they bring fun to my life because I'm not spontaneous at all um ones I think are very safe and very methodical about every action they make and so like those friends bring the freedom to be imperfect and let loose and like be adventurous and a lot of times also bring out like the goofy silly fun side of me too Mm -hmm. and there's very few people that actually get to see that like silly ridiculous Michaela and not the business you know professional it's so funny because I like don't see you as business or professional at all (laughs) I see you as yeah jamming out to Macklemore with windows down on our (laughs) drive to Galveston and stuff but but I do I I was always surprised when we would get in groups of people that you weren't super comfortable Mm with um you very much like have your hands folded in your lap (laughs) and I'm an elegant lady I'm a princess (laughs) I'm Mia Thermopolis, <laughs> Rinaldi, Princess of Genovia. No, I'm I'm just like proper. I guess I like tense up, and I a lot of people think that I'm really shy and reserved, and like sweet, like the break your tooth kind of sweet. And I'm so far from sweet. I wouldn't call like, you sweet. <laughs> I'm very spicy. No, you I'm are. You're spicy girl. Very like. I'm not sweet I I mean I'm nice but I'm not like that girly that you see and you're like oh my gosh she's so cute and sweet (laughs) it's not yeah I I mean I wouldn't say either of us are that way Mm -mm. nor nor are many people in my life (laughs) yeah I think I've uh, made them all run away (laughs) but yeah I know it's just it's funny uh hearing you talk about how you interact with different types and what they bring out of you um because it does remind me like as as you grow a close friendship that you see so much more about someone than what you know the stereotype may say about their enneagram type right like you know you're saying that you feel free to let your anger out or to uh i don't know put your to to-do list away all that kind of stuff and that's like our friendship. I feel like those Mm -hmm. are the things that I have always valued the most, but to other people who don't know you or just to, to people who look at ones, maybe from the outside, they may see someone who's very put together Mm -hmm. when really there's a lot of chaos going on inside and inside all of us, but ones I feel like do such a good job at being very intentional about appearing to have it all together And that's just not the case when you're real good friends with the one, you know, that's not the case. That's the thing is we very much value the appearance of perfection almost to a fault. And there is truly, there's truly a storm brewing under the surface. There is, there's a lot going on in our head. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the things that we 
think through ahead of time is why we appear so put together yeah we've reasoned through it and we've made sure that we've made the very best decision of action possible before we before we step out and do it so yeah that makes a lot of sense so what is it like when you're interacting with other ones are you kind of like I see through your bs like I know you don't have (laughs) it all together or is it like you're both just battling to feel more correct about something or what exactly goes on when you're with other ones honestly like I can't even think of a single friend that I have that's a one Oh, wow. I can't think of anyone other than the people that I work with because a lot of teachers are ones. So gotcha. lots of teachers are very organized, type A, you know, perfectionist. Um, but the problem with that is that all ones are similar in those qualities, but we express them differently. So different things are more important to us. So I think I'm more critical of other ones because I can point out of them what I see in myself. And yeah, that makes sense. While while they are as responsible and organized as I am, they might not have the same priorities or principles. And if their priorities and like if their principles in life don't align it with mine, I think we're like headed for disaster because (laughs) if you have two trains, like on different tracks, like, I like you have to get on the same page Mm -hmm. and I heard the best analogy with this the other day is that did you know that like all sunflowers face the sun (laughs) okay that sounds really basic (laughs) but sunflowers are always facing the same direction because they're trying to face the sun if ones are going to work together then they have to be like sunflowers. They have to be facing the same direction and they have to be aligned. And I think if they're aligned, then like that could be magical because you have two people who are really, you know, focused on the goal. And I think you could do a lot with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, like you said, if, if you're both focused on the goal, then that force that I was kind of talking Mm -hmm. about earlier, if you're choosing to set your mind on the same thing, times two, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're, that's pretty unstoppable right there. Cause you're going to get it done because you value so much getting that mission done. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense how it could either be like a really, really strong, powerful thing or not just not going to work out. And I, yeah, yeah I, I think that makes actually absolute perfect sense with your personality mm-hmm. type. Um, so tell me about a time when your oneness just like really shined and you were so proud to be an Enneagram one. Oh, I think this is going to sound so boring to other people, but <laughs> probably not to other ones. <laughs> to other ones, this will make sense. So we just recently moved from Mississippi to Texas mm-hmm. and moving is so complicated, right? Moving is just a pain and it comes with a million things to do. So of course I, you know, months ahead, get my checklist together of, you know, over a hundred items. Right. And it's week by week. Like I've specified each week, every single task I'm going to do so that the week of moving is like stress-free, no surprises. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a surprise. So Ben, my husband, he got a gift graduation which was a vehicle and 
he, he had not put it in his name yet. So his dad still had it in his name, had put it in Ben's name. Now we're moving two states away because his family's in Alabama. And so it's going to be this whole complicated process, right? We got to like mm-hmm. sell the car, re-register the car. And those tasks are already so frustrating. Like, I don't think anybody likes going to like the DMV or, oh, you yeah. know, the tax office. It's just the worst. So you yeah. already have this like anxiety built up. Do I have all the right forms and the right like pages yeah. <laughs> proof that I actually live here, which you obviously do. Um, and so I'm very overprepared. But... <laughs> we realize that because we're doing the whole sale piece that we have this extra form that we need that Ben and his dad need to sign and it needs to be notarized. It's the weekend before we move. And we're like, Oh my gosh, our whole house is packed up. There's no way we're going to be able to like, where where are we going to print this thing out? We don't have to run out just to get this page printed. So I was like, hold on. (laughs) and I go back to my office in my little box of important documents and I pull out the moving folder and I go flipping through all the pages and it's like you know form tx dash number 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 whatever (laughs) comptroller form whatever so I run back to the front of the house and his mom has it pulled up on her phone what we need and I'm like is this it she was like, oh my gosh, that's the exact form that we need. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just like fill it out and figure it. Like it was literally just like seamlessly. It took something that was like a surprise in like such a stressful process. And like I was so overprepared that I had printed a form that I didn't even know that I would need, but I thought maybe I'll need that. So I printed it out. And that's, that's probably something pretty clutch. Pretty like silly and like boring to other people but like in such a stressful time I feel like especially in like moving or like any kind of transitional season all those kind of like clerical tasks feel like mountains right oh yeah like oh my gosh I have to change my address that's so annoying and it's you know four thousand steps later you're finally you know got a new address everywhere but um, right. it was just like oh my gosh I was perfectly ready like I was so overprepared <laughs> For a situation I didn't even know that would come. No, <laughs> I, so I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine that would be very, very rewarding. We have been in the middle of moving for a while, and lots of surprises and bumps in the road have come up. And if there ever is a moment where you're prepared for that bump, you feel really, really good. <laughs> and if there's ever a moment when you're not prepared, you are, it's the most defeating, exhausting, annoying thing. And for something like that, that you were just talking about, what you would have to go through if you didn't have that form would be the worst. So I think it's very, very valid that you were like, mm, I am the savior. <laughs> I got it. Bow Figured down. It <laughs> I, I already took care of this. Oh, no, that's really, really good. And see, that's why everybody needs a one in their life. So they actually have a moving folder. <laughs> we didn't have a moving folder when, yeah. when we were moving. So that's oh, no. pretty. I have, I have this box and it has all of our important documents in it. And it has, mm. you know, the little like dividers and they all have folders and like, it's organized from like backdated, you know, the, the most current on the top, the old stuff's in the back. Wow. 
very um, organized it is very not what we have but um very impressed makes Thanks. me want to start a file cabinet after this but <laughs> I know I won't we do have some sort of a binder but I don't know what's in it <laughs> it's uh, all there you know it's all there yeah with my husband being who it is then it's definitely, oh, yeah, there. definitely. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, finally, do you have anything else that you want people to know about Enneagram ones, what you wish people knew about Enneagram ones? Mm, I think, I think like a general piece of advice for Enneagram ones would be what I would want to give. Like I would want them to know that good things take time, right? Mm. So when you feel anxious about initiating or you're doing that first follow up with a friend or you're you know anxious to open up that you're gonna get there you know Mm -hmm. we just arrived in a new city and we have new co-workers and we're looking for a church and all of those things and we knew all these good things were coming with this phase of transition Mm -hmm. but remembering that like all of these good things take time Mm -hmm. and they're worth the effort to build them yeah absolutely and it doesn't have to go perfectly the first time that you Mm -hmm. meet up with someone like you're allowed to goof up and say something potentially I know for me (laughs) offensive is the word that comes to mind but you're allowed to you know just just be imperfect and you're allowed to make mistakes and be uncomfortable and all of that stuff and in fact that's probably necessary to go through all of that to get to a place where you're more comfortable and settled into some sort of a routine and all that stuff. I think if you want any genuine or authentic relationship, you have to be willing to let down that appearance of perfection and like Mm. really let people see you or else you'll never have friendships that go beyond the surface. Like I talked about, there's like very few people that know the true me because I'm not willing to let down my guard as quickly as other types Mm -hmm. and so remembering that it's worth it it's worth it to be maybe embarrassed or you know even just nervous about letting somebody see the ugly side of you it's it's worth it yeah definitely and we all appreciate getting to know the ones beneath the surface because like you said, a storm is a brewing and Mm -hmm. it's fun to be a part of it. But also, um, you guys are just such passionate people who deeply care about things. And we love getting to see that part of you. And on the surface, it, it can look so much more put together than it really is. And we're all messy and we all have things that we're passionate about or care about, but there's just such this force behind the type one and it's such a privilege to get to know a one deeply because everything that goes into making stuff happen, it's a lot of work for you guys and you need Mm -hmm. people to help take the tension off or take the load off every now and again. And it's fun to get to be that person and to get to watch you go from obsessing over your list to rapping to the moped song by Macklemore. <laughs> downtown. Uh, downtown. <laughs> what, a, what a legendary song. That's a Thank really, you, really good Macklemore. Thank you, Macklemore. Um, well, we're going to end with a really fun game. Okay. And the game is that 
there's all kinds of stereotypes that surface about different Enneagram types, right? And Instagram is a very popular place for memes to show up or like, you know, what to get an Enneagram type three, like gift guide or like mm-hmm. what kind of coffee shop they go to or whatever. So I'm going to scroll through a few and I'm going to ask you how true these are of you. Some of them are All funny right. and some of them are more like, seriously, do you like this kind of latte? Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So number one, it's just like a tweet. And this person says, you know, it's type one or whatever. I hate when people say we don't deserve dogs. I do deserve a dog. <laughs> okay. This is like, a, this is, this is a, something I will die. Like a, I would, I would die for this. I deserve a dog. Like I really <laughs> do. I want a dog. <laughs> My husband will not get me a dog. I mean, he would if I really wanted to, but that hasn't happened yet in my life well I had a dog when I was little but yes okay I need I need a dog right now (laughs) okay well that one tracks I thought that was actually just like I laughed out loud when I saw that one um but you think it's true so okay well and that might just be because I'm like a dog lover like yes I I love dogs so much that I smother them and I think they're sometimes afraid of me (laughs) but (laughs) you are a big dog girl um okay Type ones after delegating a task and it's just a guy and he's saying, I've made a huge tiny mistake. Uh, very true. I think because we can't manage it now, it's like, oh, we definitely need to get this off our plate, but now we can't do it perfectly. Are they not going to, are they going to do it the way we want it to be done? Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Are you going to do one. it? Sorry. Another one. It's like a scene from Rugrats, one of the twins. Um, so it says type ones when their typical daily structure is interrupted. And she looks like she's all under stress. She goes, hey, wait, you don't supposed to make pancakes in the nighttime? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, don't mess up my routine. Um, I will say you are the only person that I know that ordered pancakes from whataburger yes at night i i had never met anyone before. okay look anybody listening if you have a whataburger near you you know after 11 p.m or before 11 a.m a busy day you run through the whataburger drive-thru and you get pancakes (laughs) and they're perfect you can roll them up and dunk (laughs) them in syrup on your way to work it's a beautiful combination yeah no they actually are so functional like you just put the syrup in the cup holder and just dunk very a very utilitarian way to go about eating got that one from my mom (laughs) nice (laughs) got that from michelle got a couple more so this is uh it's a scene from the good place i don't know if anybody has seen it it's it's pretty good i wouldn't say i love that yeah so it's Cheedy talking and it says type ones describing their inner critic. And Cheedy says, you know, the sound that a fork makes in the garbage disposal, <laughs> that's the sound that my brain makes all the time. Definitely. That's also one of my weird pet peeves. It's like the sound of like forks, like scraping things, like yeah. scraping a plate, scraping your teeth. Ugh. It's a pretty terrible sound. Yeah. 
Okay. So two more, the last one, uh, or sorry, two more. So there's Taylor Swift lyrics, you know, that, uh, people say represent each Enneagram type. So this is from, uh, folklore. I don't know what song it is, but these are just so intense. They crack me up with like <laughs> someone really, like really thought of this as like, Oh yes, this is the Enneagram type one. <laughs> so I've been having a hard time adjusting. I had the shiniest wheels. Now they're rusting. I didn't know if you'd care if I came back. I have a lot of regrets about that. That's super dramatic. I agree. Okay, good. I think that's really dramatic. <laughs> okay, yeah. I didn't even quite understand the message behind it, if I'm being the honest. Like that somebody, I mean, I guess the whole, like, regret, like, I had such a good thing. Like, I worked so hard on this, but now it's all ruined. You know, I can kind of get into that, but, like, it's a, it's a little bit pulling it like pulling a stick it's kind of like you really worked hard on that one (laughs) yeah I know like you found a few for like a two and a four and a seven and then you were like hey I guess this works for a one yeah (laughs) you're the last one they did they're not they're probably not a one yeah no most definitely not um so would you rather do for our last meme would you rather do Enneagram types in a coffee shop or Enneagram gift guide for a type one oh let's do let's do a gift guide because I'm a bad gift giver so that's probably something I would want to know hey you gave me a naked palette for Christmas and I still have it and it's been like (laughs) they last forever a long time like probably almost like six or seven years speaking of makeup products and gifting I had a high school boyfriend give me like a brush like a like really expensive (laughs) makeup brush and I just got rid of it when I moved. Like, wow, I'm 26. And did you burn it? I did not burn it. <laughs> it was not. Burn the then, memories? No, it's just like hilarious. Makeup things last forever. Yeah, if they're good, they really do. Okay, so in your gift guide, Michaela, um, is decorative pillows, baking supplies, stationery a bike because someone's really just going to blow a couple hundred dollars on their friend and books. (laughs) What do you think? I think they got it pretty close. I think so too. These are all things in your life. I I have piles of stationery and like, you know, lists, you know, all those cool little like schedule for the week or like grocery (laughs) shopping or whatever it may be. Like stationary for sure. I Mm -hmm. love to bake. You know, I love to bake. That's like one of the ways that I show people I care is I like I bake for them. My Mm -hmm. grandmother, like my grandmommy, she had the best chocolate chip cookie recipe ever. Oh, they Uh, were so good. I make it all the time. It's like the way that I show love baking chocolate chip cookies for people. And then what was the first thing you said? Decorative pillows. Oh, yes. Michaela's bed looked like a king's throne like it had so many pillows I think we counted in in college and in my bedroom alone there were 13 pillows I was gonna say I think it was 14 so I was only off by one but yeah it was 13 that day we counted because Christian was very concerned about the level of pillows in my bedroom Christian would always go in there and grab them and throw them at you also he would do something that drives a one crazy (laughs) 
<laughs> he would go into my room, you know, days that it was really organized. <laughs> yeah. And he would move everything like an inch or two off. Like my pillow would be like two inches to the right, just not in the center. And like my pencil cup on my desk would be barely shifted. Or he yeah. might like pull the curtain like a little <laughs> bit over. And I would walk in my room and it's like that, like in Madeline, where she's like, something is not right. I would walk in and be like, something is not right. I can tell that someone was here. And the world is off its axis. <laughs> Nobody could come in my house and be like, a, you know, you see all these movies where people go in and they're like snooping around through papers and stuff. Like, I would absolutely know you were there. There's no yeah. hiding. No yeah, hiding Christian from me. was a total menace towards you in college. <laughs> it was I've, fine. We were I've, like siblings at that point. Very much so. I bet if we ever around. come over, he's going to do the same thing. Like in your bathroom, he's going to go pee and you'll find the candle just to the left of where it should be. Yeah. <laughs> we had such a funny relationship. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I have some really weird videos. I'll definitely have to put those on the Instagram this week. Oh my word. <laughs> Him chasing me around with a spoon. Like that was... Yes. Like every time, like I try to be cooking, right? I'm in the middle of baking cookies and he'll like steal the spoon and chase me around. (laughs) It was the love, the love language between you two was just uh, meanness and uh, annoyingness. Yes. (laughs) Not very, not very fun for me to sit back and watch every single time, but either (laughs) way. It's like, it's like we became like brother and sister and you became like the girlfriend who would come over and was like. Ugh. exactly I didn't They're feel like so I was just hanging out with my boyfriend at my house it was like all of a sudden I'm taking care of him and this is the worst uh anyway like I said we could go down memory lane this whole entire time but uh, I think we've shared lots of good memories oh yeah this was really really fun and I feel like all the Enneagram ones must feel so understood and like you just spoke for all of them because you did a really good job Michaela everyone should know that like in my email to prep her I just said like if you can a small carpeted room is best homegirl shows up on zoom and she's in like a literal closet like I thought it was a utility closet but it's her closet closet and she's got pillows she's got blankets she's really crammed in there (laughs) so I'm like on an ottoman, all snuggly. I do like like small spaces though. Like they're kind of comforting. Yeah. No, I was like, if she's going to invite me to do this, I'm going to like have my Google doc with my notes. I'm going to make sure that I have like done all the things to eliminate sound. Like I'm going to like make sure that we are set up for success. This is going to be the best that I can do. And this (laughs) closet was the best that I could do. Yes, absolutely. No, this is, this has been perfect. It has been great. I give you the stamp of perfect. How's that? I I like a gold star. Okay. I give you a gold star. I tell people, I'll be like, I don't have a sticker to give you, but you gotta go, you get a gold star. Good job. (laughs) Love it. Well, I think that's about it. That's a wrap. And I'll I'll see you guys off my to-do list. Yes. Cross it off your to-do list. I'll see you guys next week for Enneagram two. 
Thank you for tuning in to Let's Be Friends with Tori Segner. I hope you loved the episode and gained a little insight into the world of the Enneagram and relationships. If you enjoyed listening, please rate the podcast and leave a review. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Tori.Let'sBeFriends for updates, behind-the-scenes content, and a community of its own. I hope you have the best week, and I will see you next time.